listen, if you dare, to this Sundown 96.6 presentation. Open your eyes and look into the darkness. Something strange is moving. Something grave and sinister. Something paranormal. Something ghostly. That sends shivers down your spine. It is children with cult class with your house, Caitlin. Otherworldly spirits would gently glide the hands of the living on a planchette, which would lead the curious mortal to a series of letters, numbers, or symbols that adorn this inauspicious game board. Welcome to Chillin' with Cult Class. My name's Caitlin, and this is where we talk about everything spooky, strange, and unexplained. Okay, so it's just been a totally insane week. Totally insane. It's been nuts. We have a whole farm. We have a whole farm. We maybe, dare I say, we bit off a little bit more than we could chew. Ah. For the moment. For the moment. We're just trying. We're learning. To, we're just trying to get our new routine, you know? Yes. Yeah. So these hens, so you guys know that we got chickens. And um, we thought when we bought these chickens that were raised already that they would be laying eggs. We know nothing about chickens. We know nothing. <laughs> It turns out we know nothing, except for that they're little dinosaurs. They are. They're little feet. Oh my god, they're like little velociraptors. They, exactly, how they walk with their little, I'm like, with their neck. Yeah, it's like moving right back, back away. Oh, it's like kind of spooky crazy. And yeah. now we feed them these worms, which is totally gross, but. Okay. Actually, not that bad because they're dried out. Yeah, yeah, but they're like little snacks, kind of. Yeah, like they're like little worm snacks mm -hmm. for these chickens. And now <laughs> I liked it better when the chickens didn't like me because now they like come and peck my legs and oh, my yeah. hands for these. They want to see what you're about. No, they want these worms. Right. Yeah. Yeah, they're like all about these treat worm things. They call <laughs> them flock party instead of block party. Worms. Hilarious. Hilarious. The bag looks so fun. So anyway, we thought they would lay eggs, but they have not laid eggs yet. And it come come to find out it might be a little bit of time so we're just like we have to make them comfortable yeah. and we have to you have to put fake eggs in the coop that helps them know where to lay them right and stuff. so we did that yeah we did that so you know <laughs> <laughs> we're just playing the waiting we're game alerted. yeah yeah we got the goats and we have the cat mm -hmm. and we have the dogs mm -hmm. and now we have I, I started seeds so we have starters for like cucumbers mm -hmm. tomatoes yeah i tried planting some leftover blueberries and strawberries well, to hey, see, we'll see if they i'm grow. excited about that i know i don't know and uh, carrots. Carrots. Yeah. carrots. And then there's been a big, uh, I don't know if it's like a litter or uh, of the baby bunnies that oh are out gosh, back. Oh my gosh, we have little bunny families Yeah, there's like everywhere. three or four little baby bunnies that were just born. So. Yes, and we feed our goats um, part 
part of what we feed them is alfalfa and these bunnies, it falls off of my truck and these bunnies love it. So in the evening, there's these little bunny families around my truck eating the alfalfa so now I just put it out for them all over the place <laughs> and we've had turkey. Uh, so you guys, now that we got bow hunting certified, oh, the yeah. turkeys have disappeared. Of course. That we talked about the last few episodes. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just been a crazy little whirlwind here. Yeah, every time we look around there's someone. Yeah, there's always someone, whether it's, and not people, there aren't people lurking around our property, but there are like, <laughs> you know, there are butterflies, there are bugs, there are birds, there are, what did we see the other day, a huge hawk. Oh my gosh, huge hawk. Nick got a beautiful photo of an owl, another owl. So many, um, so many animals. So many animals. We keep getting a little, well not a little, but another fox, another, I guess, smaller fox a on smaller the security fox. camera. Uh, the woods. It's crazy, and if you're into spooky stuff, the woods are the best, I think, but um, because they're kind of spooky, and then in the winter, they get very barren, and so I forgot what the, <laughs> our house and our property even looked like with me leaves, too, and too. now it looks completely oh different. It's so thick, and you can't even, my gosh, there could be a Bigfoot 10 feet in front of you, and you probably wouldn't even know. Seriously, it's, it's insane. I'm looking out the window where we're recording right now, and usually I can see pretty far, but I can't see, I can't see anything. No, it's just, just like a wall, a hard stop. Thick, and thick, thick with ticks too. That's oh my I... gosh. I, yeah, they say it's like an especially bad tick season. And they yes. say because it was a pretty mild winter up here in the Northeast. Yeah. So beware. Yeah, yeah, always out look out for ticks. Always especially check Especially those little guys. The those deer are... ticks are the, the extra bad ones. Real, yeah. Lyme disease is a big yeah. concern, especially around here. So a fun fact, the earlier part of my childhood, I grew up in Old Lyme, Connecticut, and that is where they found it, or found, in Lyme, Connecticut, they found Lyme disease, because mm. there's so many ticks up here, and I actually had Lyme disease, and so I did members of my family, and there's just a lot of ticks in the woods Ugh. up here, so. Um, That's not fun to have, right? No, and like there are people it gets like complicated like Yeah, I've heard where like their whole like world gets like shut down. Get taken and down they, for a yeah, while. Yeah, and they can't figure out like how I think Avril Lavigne had Lyme's disease. Oh really? Yeah, like very bad. Remember oh, we no. saw her right before COVID? I do, live? yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that was a dream concert because I was a big Avril Lavigne <laughs> fan. But throwback. it was like her comeback because she had Lyme's disease. Oh and, really? Like, they don't have a cure I don't think it's more but I think they are coming up with a vaccine I don't know Ugh. but okay. no fun so yeah. always check yourself for ticks yeah as then, things warm up yeah and, and bloom and what another thing with ticks is poison ivy it is everywhere oh we're my finding God. out uh everywhere, everywhere we look it's Nick's everywhere obsessed with this oh my gosh this is all well, I obsessed. get it so bad every year so I've <laughs> I've made a promise to myself well it's gonna be my attempt to not get poison ivy this year yes so I found out I'm really bad at identifying plants right yeah so on your iPhone you can take a picture of it and hit like a button like two buttons and it'll yeah. tell you what it is it's really cool so like, I've been on my camera roll I just scroll there's just all these different kind of plants I'm like is this gonna get me have a rash am I gonna get you know poisonous from this or whatever yeah um, so I don't know. Uh, yeah, all that's smart. Is. I think you guys, if anybody doesn't know that, if you have an iPhone and you take a picture 
Um, you, all you have to do is you hit the info. Yeah, yeah, info yeah. Yeah, like where you get like the metadata of like the time, location, it yeah. was taken or whatever. It will have like a little plant like symbol, like plant lookup, I think it says. And you just punch it and it'll take you to like Safari and tell you what it is. It's crazy. And I know there's like apps that you can subscribe yeah, to. Yeah, but and it's, this, is right, this is right in your phone. This is right in your phone built in. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So, a perk of technology. A perk of technology. Can identify your poison ivy and... Make a phone call. <laughs> <laughs> Technology can be terrifying. We have to do right. another AI episode soon. Oh now that gosh. AI is so prevalent, but totally. in this situation, it's helpful. If, mm. uh, especially if you're allergic to poison ivy. Right. So, check for poison ivy and check for ticks when you're coming out of the woods. Always. Okay. So I think we're. Um, probably unique in that we talk about paranormal ghosts ufos whatever and bow hunting and raising chickens all in (laughs) one episode but we're getting to the weird stuff just like i tell you guys every episode so uh just some like little notes housekeeping stuff is we're part of sundown 96.6 now um i'm co-owner of that paranormal radio station and chillin airs there on thursdays at 5 p.m eastern standard time but and we have tons of other podcasts we also play the twilight zone and escape and old all kinds of old vintage radio shows and all kinds of fun spooky music um, so you can check that out at sundown966.com and you can download our app for free and wherever you get your apps, Android or Apple. When the night falls, when the shadows become deep and black, the silent pall of evil settles on the earth. Who dares to search? Who dares to see what walks in the night? If you dare, welcome to Sundown 96.6 FM. This is Sundown96.6.com. For more details and merch. Your UFOs in the News this week is actually a very special story to me. Um, It was featured in the New York Post, and it is about my friend Ryan Sprague's new book, Stories from Somewhere in the Skies. Ryan is the host of Somewhere in the Skies podcast. He's also part of the Sundown 96.6 family, and he wrote a really amazing book about a lot of witness accounts from his podcast. And I happened to design the front and back of the book. If you are interested in eyewitness accounts of UAP and UFOs, then definitely check out this book. You can check it out on Amazon. And again, it's called Stories from Somewhere in the Skies. Now, please stand by for your paranormal news of the week. 
for your paranormal news of the week, we are sharing with you the biggest paranormal event on the East Coast. This is called Paracon, and it is being held at the legendary Penhurst Asylum from May 19th through the 21st. You can get tickets just by searching the web uh, for Paracon, P-A-R-A-C-O-N. And again, this is happening at Penhurst Asylum this year in Spring City, Pennsylvania. Every week, Nick and I talk about our crazy homestead life and all our outdoor adventures. Follow our outdoor business on Instagram at Nightwalker Outdoors to see our homesteading journey, learn more about the outdoors, and pick up some really cool gear. Thank you guys so much for listening, and I hope you enjoy this week's Movie Club. I told you about her, the princess without voice, what would I say? Get out. This may very well be the most sensitive asset ever to be housed in this facility. You may think that thing looks human. Stands on two legs, right? But we're created in the Lord's image. You don't think that's what the Lord looks like, do you? This creature is intelligent, capable of language, of understanding emotions. doesn't know how I am incomplete. He sees me as I am. The natives in the Amazon worshiped him like a god. Get him out. What are you talking about? No. You need to take it apart, learn how it works. I don't want an intricate, beautiful thing destroyed. We can do nothing. I'm sorry. Don't do this, Elasa. What is she saying? Don't do this. Oh, God, it's not even human. If I told you about her, what would I say? I wonder. Your movie club pick for last week was The Shape of Water from 2017. And before I jump into movie club, this might be not family friendly, so skip ahead a few minutes. But um, 
I did not know <laughs> what this movie was about. All I knew was that it was a creature feature and it won a bunch of awards. So I'm going to tell you my thoughts about it. Then I have a recording from Nick because uh, while I'm recording this portion of the show, he is on travel for work. So he recorded it on the road, his take on this movie. But um, I thought the colors were beautiful. I thought the movie was done incredibly well. The acting was great. I love Michael Shannon. I love the girl who played the main character. Uh, the concept was very original. You know, it's a beautiful story. I did not know that it was going to be about her falling in love with this uh, creature and having relations with him is how I'm going to say it to keep it family friendly. But um, so that was a little different. Uh, I could have done without the nudity and stuff. But props to this movie for being very original and very beautiful and very well done. The creature was also amazing looking. It wasn't hokey. It wasn't weird. It was all incredible. Um, it was just a kind of a wild ride. I didn't expect that. So good creature feature. Happy we tried watching it. And uh, yeah, that's that was my take on this movie. Here's what Nick had to say. Hey everybody, it's Nick on the road. Sorry I couldn't be there for the rest of the episode this week. Uh, had to go out of town for some business, but I will be back in the chair with Kate next week. So, for this Shape of Water movie, <laughs> what a ride! That was uh, that was something. I, I, I was just telling telling myself that I, I take responsibility. I think that I have to do a lot better job of uh, screening some of these uh, picks that we choose. <laughs> you know, we, it won all kinds of awards. It had all these high praises uh, from, you know, so many different huge companies, but I think that just really goes to show, like, the motto here at Children with Cold Class is you can't trust a critic all the time. <laughs> that movie was, uh, was wild. Um, wild. It was... Uh, it, border, it was inappropriate a lot of the times, I, I think, and, you know, a thing we like to do here at Chillin' is, uh, you know, share uh, pics with our audience that they, you know, potentially can watch with their family, have a huge, you know, cast a wide net over an audience, uh, as you know, as often as, po as possible, and I feel like we really isolated the audience here, so, so sorry, guys, this was a nutsy one, um, yeah, the just the whole story of uh, this mute woman who uh, had this uh, job working at this facility. They brought in this uh, this creature that turned out later to be a god, uh, and you know the story of her finding love with it, uh, falling in love with it. I'm sorry, uh, was just pretty pretty wild. I thought it was really interesting um, how. They like broke it out. That was pretty cool. That kind of like ramped it up, but it kind of had me just like, oh, you know. Uh, I'm really curious, like what everyone who watched it thought also. But I was just like, oh, okay. And then like that's when it kind of like captivated my attention more. I was like, okay, this is really leading to something. Other than like the whole creature 
like layout looked really cool like the costume for the creature or the you know however they you know manipulated uh, it to be seen as it was was really really cool the creature itself was really cool having two lungs how they described it one for the water one for on land uh, that was really cool super creative um, the, the Russians uh, and the Americans were at odds with this this thing and it was going to end up being killed right so she broke it out and took it back to her house and that's when it got weird for me uh, we obviously knew that she like really cared for this thing but then like really really fell in love and like then went to the extreme and um, had like an intimate relationship with this thing was like mind-boggling to me and how they like after you know described everything like in vivid detail that was just like a little much for me uh i don't know how everyone else felt about it but um yeah pretty wild yeah, I get it was like a whole love story for this lady, but uh, some more backstory would have been really cool. But I'm just really uh, curious to think what you guys all think. Um, yeah, it was a, it was a weird one. I'm sorry if it, it put some people off. It it put me off at times. Uh, you know, made it through it, and uh, yeah, that uh, that was it. Uh, back to you, Kate. Thank you, Nick, for all <laughs> that feedback. And a lot of you did message me. Um, you definitely said it was a unique movie, a different kind of movie. Uh, and it was. It was interesting. Um, you know, hopefully you enjoyed it. Uh, if you didn't, then we're on to the new pick for this week. So this week's movie club pick is Moment of Contact. It came out in 2022. It's a documentary. And... Um, a listener named Ruben actually sent me this story and him and I both talked about how this documentary had come out and how I wanted to see it. So with Ruben's recommendation, we're going to watch Moment of Contact. It came out in 2022 and be sure to watch it before next Thursday's new episode at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard. Thank you all so much for listening to this show. We can't tell you how much we appreciate you. If you like what you hear, please leave us a review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, you can follow us on Instagram at chillinwithcult.class. And you can always follow my art on Instagram at cult.class. Thanks for listening. While the city of Baltimore has always cast long and storied shadows of its past, one Baltimore native was boldly preoccupied with creating an oracle into the future. People were questioning their faith, questioning religion, looking for answers on their own. July 1898, Baltimore native William Fold and his brother Isaac signed a contract to manufacture and sell the infamous Ouija board the fabled parlor game that more than satisfied America's turn-of-the-century lust for spiritualism. People need hope. They're just grasping onto religion, spirituality. William couldn't manufacture Ouija boards fast enough. In all, he would expand his enterprise to seven Baltimore locations 
including this factory on North Central Avenue, now a funeral parlor, and his largest three-story factory on Harford Avenue, a building that would play a sinister role in the mystifying Ouija legend. Fold's Ouija board was believed by many to be a direct link to the dead. Otherworldly spirits would gently glide the hands of the living on a planchette, which would lead the curious mortal to a series of letters, numbers, or symbols that adorn this inauspicious game board. Back in those days, my family always said it's a game. Totally. Not to be taken seriously. You sort of have to believe in it. You just sit down, clear your mind, put your hands up on the board, and wait for something to happen. Sometimes nothing happens, and sometimes you get some pretty creepy results. The Ouija board quickly became the number one selling board game in America. It is said Bill Wilson, founder of Alcoholics Anonymous, claimed he received the 12-step program from none other than the Ouija board. But not every apparition that controlled the planchette would be so generous. World-renowned magician Harry Houdini, who often cast a cold eye toward the paranormal, said he knew five people who went insane using this three-ply bird's-eye maple game board. I think it all depends on the person that's playing with the board. If you have bad intentions and you're asking the wrong questions and you want the wrong answers to come through, the wrong answers and the wrong questions will be answered. William Fold's intentions were good, if good meant dollar signs. The self-proclaimed Presbyterian soon became a millionaire, but his newfound wealth came at a ghastly price. Just three years after the two signed their contract, William Fold completely cut his brother Isaac out of the talking board business, igniting a lifelong blood feud between brothers. Apparently Isaac was walking off with the money. After failing repeatedly in court to reclaim his share of the Ouija profits, Isaac went into the insurance business. Meanwhile, at 57, William parlayed his astounding success into a toy manufacturing empire. He made numerous toys inventions. He made the return pool table, uh, calculators, um, handfuls and handfuls of toys. In February of 1927, William Fold was overseeing the replacement of a flagpole on the roof of his factory when the iron support he was leaning against inexplicably gave way. All of a sudden, William Fold tumbled backwards, plummeting three stories and landing on solid concrete. His injuries were mortal. One of his cracked ribs had actually pierced his heart. But William Fold had one final request that was foremost in his mind, and it dealt with his beloved Ouija board. Never sell the Ouija board. In 1966, yeah. William Fold's oldest son, Will, began suffering a series of strokes, and in his 70s, sold the Ouija company to Parker Brothers, now Hasbro, on the very anniversary of William Fold's catastrophe. And after they sold the business in 1966, he was very depressed. Eerie. For more than a century, the Ouija board has been many things... Mysterious. ...to many people. Creepy. It was made out of plywood and plastic. Are you scared of that? <laughs> Few can deny that this eerie game board's past has been checkered and profoundly tragic. And to this day, William Fold's vision continues to confound and even terrify people the world over. Don't take our word for it. Just ask the Ouija board.
Your scary story for this week is the history of the Ouija board. Uh, I thought this would be an interesting story because I saw Penn Paranormal on Instagram post about how the Ouija board actually named itself. Oh my gosh, guys. I had to leave that sound bite in just now because while I said the Ouija board named itself, our crazy cat decided to try to open the door behind me, which scared me so much. And you can hear the door handle shaking just now, but I cut, I cut and moved her out of the room. Oh my gosh, that was terrifying. Okay. Anyway, back to the history of Ouija boards. So, Pen Paranormal posted that the Ouija board named itself, which is actually a true story. Um, according to what I researched, there's some debate, but apparently they asked the Ouija board what it should be named, and that's what it named itself. And so, I delved deeper into the history of Ouija boards. I got most of the information from Nerdist.com, and here we go. According to Smithsonian Magazine, the Ouija board stems from spiritualism, a belief that the dead can communicate with the living. Of course, this idea is something that has existed on a global scale for thousands of years, but it became quite prominent in the United States during the 19th century when childbirth, war, and disease, among other things, led to shorter lifespans and frequent deaths. Many people desired a pathway to connect with lost loved ones and get answers to unresolved issues and questions. The concept of contacting the dead was seen as socially acceptable and even wholesome in many circles. This led to the birth of talking boards, the precursor to the Ouija board, in the late 1880s. It had letters, numbers, and a small cursor to point towards its script. It's not clear who came up with the first talking board, but technically that person should get credit for laying the groundwork for Ouija boards. Today, Ouija board, talking board, and spirit board are all interchangeable terms to describe the same tool. Charles Kennard of Baltimore, Maryland, didn't care about the spiritualism movement, but he did see a profitable business opportunity. The allegedly shady businessman teamed up with a coffin maker, E.C. Reich, a Prussian immigrant, to start producing their own wooden boards. But when Kennard started looking for investors, he took credit for the invention. There's some debate over Reich's actual involvement. Information about Reich's life is spotty at best, with little official records and no real credit to him being the Ouija board creator. After Kennard's many failed attempts to secure funding, attorney Elijah Bond became interested. They formed Kennard Novelty Company in 1890. Bond's sister-in-law, Helen Peters, also played a key role in creating its handle and possibly the name. Kennard and his colleagues claimed that the board named itself after they asked it. The board said Ouija is an ancient Egyptian phrase that means good luck. Peters did convince the patent office to approve the Ouija board's application. She did this through a demonstration that spelled out the officer's supposedly unknown name. It's unlikely that they wouldn't already know the officer's name, but it's another interesting addition to their origin story. A patent file confirmed she did a demonstration, and the patent was issued on February 10, 1891. The company soon brought Bond's employee, William Fold, into the fold. 
They began to produce boards. They became a hit, quickly opening additional factories before Kennard and Bond's unceremonious booting out of the business. Fold took over, but he strangely died in 1927 after falling from the roof of a new factory, one he claimed that the Ouija board told him to build. The Ouija Wonderful Talking Board game became a cultural staple when it hit shelves for $1.50 in 1891. It was a direct path to ancestors, but also a bit of intriguing and escapist Friday night fun amid a tumultuous world. People would gather with family or friends and experience the rush of asking questions as the then wooden planchette jumps around to provide an otherworldly answer. Their intentions were by all accounts what many would consider pure. The Ouija board began to appear in sketches for major newspapers and grew in popularity through the disparity of the Great Depression. Parker Brothers, which was later acquired by Hasbro, still sells Ouija boards and owns the trademark for the name. Now, in a lot of my research, a lot of these articles emphasize that talking boards were a very popular, normal thing to do. They weren't evil, it wasn't like a scary thing, it was like a fun weekend night thing to do, I guess. Um, it wasn't until the late later 1900s that Ouija boards became sort of, it had an evil connotation and started to become feared. Um, I personally have used a Ouija board. I will never use one again. It was the scariest experience of my life or one of the scariest experiences as far as supernatural. Um, it's a weird feeling. Uh, I don't I don't know a lot of people who use them now, but I know people do. Um, someone wrote into the show telling me about how they used one in the 70s and tables were lifting off the ground and chairs were lifting off the ground and people got thrown around the room. I don't know how true that is, but I think they're pretty creepy. So I wanted to share the history of Ouija boards with you guys this week. Um, be sure to watch Moment of Contact from 2022 before next week's episode and we'll see you next thursday at 12 p.m eastern standard thanks for chilling with us this has been a sundown 96.6 fm production